Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. Next hour, we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Got a little local bare-knuckle fighting news to get to. And we will talk to Aaron Aponte, who is a professional boxer at Hialeah Gardens. Uh, Aaron is the alien king. We've had him on once before, actually, when he was an amateur gunning for the Olympics. But the pandemic uh, kind of switched things up. So you'll hear our conversation with Aaron as we go over what his journey has been like over the last couple of years where he's gone from Olympic hopeful to a pandemic ruining those dreams to where he's at right now, which is getting ready to fight at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino on the Demetrius Andrade card in a couple of weeks. So we'll talk to Aaron. It's going to be a fun conversation. You guys will really, really enjoy it. I'm, uh, I'm certain of that. We'll start off with... UFC action, you had uh, UFC on ABC this past weekend. Uh, Marvin Vittori taking on Kevin Holland. And early st- early card, so if you guys were uh, were looking to get some some MMA action in the afternoon, it was a busy day. You had a little Marlins action, watching Jazz Chisholm kick Jacob DeGrom's ass. And then you got to watch other guys in an octagon kick each other's ass. So out of the, uh, the two TV setup, I kind of put the Panthers away. It was 3-0 right away. My boy Bob uh, got lit up. You know, it's all right. We move on to the next one. But uh, for for the for the UFC card, fun card, you know, it was uh, you know, not the the most name worthy uh, fight card in the world, but it was still very very solid and a lot of uh, good young talent I think to watch, you know. And Marvin Vittori had a had a late replacement. This was supposed to be Darren Till taking on Marvin Vittori, but it ended up being Kevin Holland who's taking the three week turnaround. We'll get into that one just a little bit. I'll start off with the top of the main card. Yeah, Daniel Rodriguez taking on Mike Perry who trains at MMA Masters now, has been living in South Florida for a little bit. And so Mike Perry uh, was excited to see what he had under the uh, the tutelage down here at MMA Masters. And then Daniel Rodriguez doing his training with Donald Cerrone in the BMF Ranch. And uh, Rodriguez really got the best of him. Uh, Mike Perry was, uh, was really pieced up throughout this entire thing. Tough as hell because, I mean, he was getting his eyes shut up. The, the It was... You know, a, a really bloody affair on his face, but Daniel Rodriguez just really continued to pepper him right down the pipe really quickly and just felt like he was getting off first on all of his stuff. So, you know, he, he rightfully won the unanimous decision pretty lopsided. And for Mike, he has now lost, you know, four out of his last five since, uh, you know, since 2019, his record is two and four. He said afterwards on Instagram that he's got a fight left on his UFC deal. 
I don't think this spells the end for Mike Perry. You know, first of all, he's super durable. It's not like he's going out there and and he's getting uh, obliterated from, you know, the standpoint of of getting put away. You know, he's only been, I think, knocked out once in his career. Um, But he's never been the most technical guy in the world. So, you know, you just don't know what the guy's ceiling is other than, hey, Mike Perry's on. I I know this. I know when Mike Perry is on that I'm interested in watching him fight. I'm interested in seeing what a wild card he is, you know, from a guy who has his woman in the, in the corner, has his pregnant, you know, wife in the corner is, is just, uh, he's a bit of a wild card. Um, never know what he's going to say. He's just very interesting. And I don't know if the UFC is going to let that walk, whether he wins or loses his next one. It's tough to say, because I do think that a guy that has his kind of attention is going to get scooped up very, very quickly. You know, but maybe they do get to the point where they just don't feel like he is uh, a UFC caliber fighter. I don't know. He's been through some rough patches in his career for a while. You know, we're talking basically since he beat Alex Reyes and was 11 and 1. Ever since he took on Santiago Ponzinibbio, he's lost a lot more than he's won. You know, he he is a he is what is it? 3 and 8 since that time. So 3 and 6, excuse me. Um Three and seven. Got that one down now. Um, this happens when you try and eyeball it. But either way, uh, you know, he, I think, I think could continue to get better if he is trained down here and he does feel like at a place like MMA Masters, which has some really, really great fighters, especially at his weight class. Um, you think of guys like Miguel Baeza, Colby Covington, you know, the kind of work that he could get there would be, uh, would be pretty tremendous. Um, but I'm sure he has a lot of questions. I'm sure he has a lot of, uh, a lot of soul searching to do, especially, uh, if he can't come up victorious in this next fight, as far as Daniel Rodriguez, you know, really looks fantastic in this one. Um, look crisp, you know, seemed like he was just getting the best from the entire time. He was, uh, really, you know, speaking to that level of having the full camp and having that full, uh, level of, uh, preparation for this one. So a really good performance by him and getting a win over a guy like Mike Perry is going to get you noticed. So, Good for him. Mackenzie Dern, she got herself a win over Nina Ansaroff uh, out of American Top Team, which was uh, tough to see locally. But Mackenzie, look, she has been on an absolute tear uh, really since she's become a mom. Like, it's it's crazy. This was a, a woman who had a little bit of, th- you know, the thoughts of, you know, was she, you know, capable of this? You know, was missing weight a ton? you know, what was going to be the level. And she is now locked in, you know, three out of four performance of the nights. Uh, she is only what? 26 years old, just turned 26 years old. She's a fresh 26. So she really looks like she is blossoming into the, the, the type of mixed martial arts prospect. Everybody thought that she could be, um, no longer the way things an issue, no longer are, you know, do you, do you wonder about, you know, does she does she have the game plan to get through somebody who's a little bit more well-rounded? Um, she's been steamrolling. She looks uh, – it, it's a lot like uh, – it kind of reminds you almost like a like a, 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 a strawweight version of, like, Francis and Gandhi. Like, that's the type of run she's been on. She, she's taken out everybody first round after first round after first round since her last loss, basically. She has, you know, one decision in there, but she's been steamrolling. And Nina's no punk. Nina trains that maybe – 
the best women's mixed martial arts gym there is. I mean, first of all, it's one of the best gyms on the planet, but just as far as the crop of women that train there, uh, it doesn't get a lot better than, than American top teams. So uh, Mackenzie getting a win like that, very, very uh, impressive on her part. Julia Marquez, Sam Alvey, really good fight between these two. Vicious way that it ended for Julian, who I believe was last uh, seen when he was calling out uh, Taylor Swift. And was it Miley Cyrus? It was Miley Cyrus, excuse me. He was calling out, he was asking Miley Cyrus out. And he got himself a win over Sam Alvey here where he put him down and then actually went for the choke and put uh, Sam Alvey out. Sam Alvey did not tap. He went to sleep. And a huge, uh, a huge performance from the Kansas City native to uh, get himself a, a beautiful bonus uh, for fight of the night. So back-to-back bonus nights for uh, Julian Marquez. A great performance by him. A lot of people were excited about the co-main event as you had Arnold Allen against Sadiq Youssef. And it was... And, oh, I don't think it really lived up to the billing. Uh, people really thought this was going to be a huge firefight. Um, I thought Arnold Allen clearly won the first round you know, was was given Sadiq the the business, more of that in the second, and then Sadiq really tried to push him up against the cage um, in, the round, in the round three, trying to find another way. Didn't really live up to what I think everybody thought was going to be the bar none fight of the night. It actually turned out that the fight that preceded that was, uh, was actually the case. And then uh, the same goes for the main event. You had Marvin Vittori with a, with a win over Kevin Holland, dominant 50-44, on all judges' scorecards for this one. And Marvin ends up calling out Israel Adesanya. A couple of things out of this one. Uh, one, look, Kevin Holland looks super dangerous on the feet. He really did. Looked like he hurt Marvin a couple of times, but these were just sh- such short windows of being able to stay on his feet because Marvin knew that he could take him down basically at will. He set a middleweight re- record for takedowns in the, uh, in the bout. And... You know, I I don't know if Marvin, I don't know if this is the most memorable win, but I, I it was a lopsided win. Like, it, you know, you had Kevin was really bothered by an elbow that he took to the eye early on in the fight. Um, and he was always going for stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't like one of these things where he was laying on top of Kevin Holland. You know, Kevin was, first of all, he much, made a much better effort in this fight than he did in the Derek Brunson fight to try and get off his back. Uh, he wasn't just content laying there. So from that standpoint, you like the the fight a little bit more from Kevin Holland. It's tough for him. You know, he's coming off that 5-0 and year, you know, a record-tying year in the UFC. And now he starts off this year with two losses in three weeks. I would hope that for a guy who is, I think, as marketable as Kevin Holland, who is as likable as Kevin Holland, that they can go and, you know, maybe get a, a matchup against somebody who, will stand to trade with him a little bit and, uh, you know, doesn't throw him to the wolves with somebody who is, uh, got this path to victory. Although in fairness, look, he took this fight on short notice, so I can't really blame the UFC for the matchmaking on this one. He, he stepped up and wanted to do it. Um, and that's the kind of, that, that's also what you like about him, but you know, you don't want him to go from a five and O streak to, to, you know, Oh, and three or something like that and get the record in, in that type of way. As far as Marvin, Marvin uh, afterwards called out Israel Adesanya for the middleweight for a middleweight title shot, and looking at it, you know he's he's got a loss to Izzy in the past. It's a split decision, very close fight. Um, he was supposed to fight Darren Till for this fight, so it was supposed to be a top five victory, not a victory over a guy 
who was ranked way, way below him, and he blew him out. So I think he should get a lot of credit for that. It wasn't like it was a close fight. It wasn't like Derek. Uh, it wasn't like. Uh, it wasn't like uh, Kevin Holland was in it very much at all. Um, and then you, you start looking at the guys who had who are right, so who has a claim to this title shot. All right, Marvin's been on a good roll. Derek Brunson has been on a good roll. Derek Brunson got stopped by Israel Adesanya pretty badly. Uh, Jared Cannonier. He lost to Robert Whitaker, also had his arm broke. I don't know what his health status is. Uh, Paolo Costa, kind of up in the air right now with where he's at. Robert Whitaker is going to be taking on Kelvin Gastelum. So the one guy is going to take on the eight guy. But, you know, Kelvin is a guy that, you know, really took Izzy to the limit. I think of this. Look, if Robert wins the next fight, I don't know. I thought off his last win, I thought that Robert deserved to get in there and get another, another crack at Izzy to go get a stab at. He was a good middleweight champion. He's the number one guy right now. So I felt like off his last fight, he deserved to go fight for the belt. For whatever reason, the UFC was like, oh, he's not that into it or whatever. I don't know if that was just a way to get away from it so they could give Izzy this crack at the 205 belt. I don't know. But I do think that Robert's going to have a chance this upcoming week that if he goes and beats Kelvin, He's no no questions asked as the guy who deserves to go fight Israel Adesanya. And Izzy's not going to have any pipe dreams of going to fight a 205. Um, it's still a big fight that they could make over in Australia, which seemingly has most of its COVID bleep together. I feel like they could go do crowds there. I feel like we've seen videos of New Zealand and everybody over there doing the damn thing. So the only thing that would be a pain in the ass about it would be for... I guess the UFC to physically go over there and make the event happen because of all the staff they got to bring over there that has to quarantine for two weeks. Um, I don't know when that's going to get lifted. I don't know when the re- when their plans of the world are changing. But that being said, it is still a place they're very big into doing these full fan shows and all that type of stuff. That's a place they could go do it. So we'll still see what happens because I do think if Kelvin if Kelvin gets the win. Look, you're still in rematch city. Izzy's really built himself up a really nice resume. Um, right now, I think that's one of the things that's probably disappointing about Darren not getting a chance to do this fight because of the collarbone injury because it was a fresh matchup. We know that those guys would have an awesome, awesome buildup. But, you know, he's beaten Paolo. He's beaten Robert. He's beaten Kelvin. He's beaten Derek Brunson. Um, he's beaten Marvin Vittori. Like, it's, it's a very, at, at middleweight, He's building himself up a very Kamaru-like resume. You know, he just lost to Jan. He went the distance with a guy at 205. So, Izzy's going to have his pick of the litter, I, I do think. But I, I really believe that Robert deserves it the most if he's able to go out there and get this nice win over Kelvin Gaslam. And I think it over Derek Brunson just because he's the champ, if you're going to go tie on that one. Uh, he's beaten Derek Brunson before, too. So there's a there's a head to head kind of elimination there. If Robert ends up losing to Kelvin Gastelum, um, could 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 Marvin sneak in there? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think he's he's a, he's definitely a guy who will, you know, make it personal, talk a lot of bleep. Um, I think that could lead to some fun stuff. I don't think a lot of people remember on Izzy's rise up the Marvin Vittori fight. So I think that it's one of those things where like it'll be a talking point, but I don't think it was long enough to go where it's going to deter people from from buying it. So there's that benefit to it as well. 
and uh, and that's a look, man. That was uh, that's what went down last night in UFC uh, and all that type of stuff. So when we come back, we'll tell you a little bit about some other news that's going on, news and notes in the world of mixed martial arts. Give you a little recap of Bellator that went on as well. We have a huge piece of news as far as the bare knuckle fight world is concerned. We got Jake Paul Ben Askren that's coming up next week. A whole lot of stuff to get to. Plus, we will talk to Aaron Aponte, the Alien King. Uh, before the end of today's program as well. We'll be back with more after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. We uh, continue on this program. Uh, bit of show news that's exciting. Uh, got confirmation this week. I got my credential for Jacksonville. So your boy is heading up to Duval County. We will have coverage of UFC 261. Very excited about that. Getting a chance to bring you guys some of the coverage of uh, UFC 261, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. Saw some of the media that uh, that Masvidal did this week. Did a, did a long sit down with Ariel Helwani. And, you know, a couple things. I got to give credit to both guys on this. First, I got to give credit to Kamaru for calling out Jorge the way that he did. Because I think it's set up for a really... It, it, what really happened in the last time, we really got screwed, I think, out of a really good fight promotion from these two. Because they had the radio.com ruckus uh the radio.com uh, we're not radio.com anymore we're odyssey go check us out on the odyssey app by the way a-u-d-a-c-y um the radio row ruckus that went down and they did such a damn good job uh, you know just hy- hyping it up uh we talked to Mosfidal the week the you know the day before it happened we talked to usman minutes after it happened and uh, you know we could just take like this this is the fight that has to be made and it just got cheaped out um, similar to what the UFC is doing right now with John Jones and Francis Ngannou, where, you know, they're in a world right now where they're just coming out of a pandemic and they don't want to hear a guy like John Jones and all the chances that he's given, uh, call for more money in the Francis Ngannou fight, but it is a super fight. And I do feel like it's the biggest fight they made. And I feel like John deserves a lot of money for that fight. Um, Francis does too, but it feels like this time around, we're going to get, the buildup that we were kind of cheated of the last time because of it being a short notice fight and believe it or not, or buy into it or not the, you know, the short turnaround, the, the, the massive weight cut for George, you know, is an easy talking point to get people into saying that last fight doesn't matter. It's not like he got finished. It's not like he got obliterated. I gave Kamaru a ton of credit for getting the win. Uh, I know a lot of people call him a foot stomper and all that type of stuff, but that's that's his game. Like he's gonna get to it. And if you th- if you are a guy like him and you're gonna get into a cage with Jorge Masvidal, a, a vicious striker who looks like he was just getting better and better and was obliterating fools worse and worse every time that he got in there. Yeah, I'd probably go the route of holding him up against the cage too. If it, if it all meant me getting to keep my belt. Um, but he's doing the right thing and saying like, it's not going to be the same this time. He's got the new striking coach, um, and Trevor Whitman, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, is he a, a better striker? Look, I don't think it's a smart thing to go in there and strike with Jorge Masvidal. I feel like that's, that could be a one-way ticket to being uh, a guy staring up at the lights. Um, but I have to give Usman credit for calling out George the way that he did, because I feel like it really did it's not like he no sold him. Like he wanted to fight Jorge Masvidal and the champ does not call out the challenger very often. And then you kind of just allow Masvidal to take it and run from there because he has turned into 
you know, one of the best interviews in the game, a guy that people really enjoy having on programs, a guy that um, is good on social media, all that type of stuff. And so I think it's going to lead to the fight being still big, even though we just had the uh, the fight between both of them. I still feel like it could be a really big million buy plus pay-per-view. And obviously you saw that the, the sales in Jacksonville went, you know, crazy fast. And uh, and people are really digging it, and I and I and I, I cannot wait. So I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that out. Speaking of which, uh, locally, I should go to uh, to this. So big news this week with Bare Knuckle FC. They are going to be having a fight come May 21st, and it's going to be at Hard Rock Stadium, and the and it's it's going to have Yuli the Monster Diaz, friend of the program against uh, Tiago Pitbull Alves for their 175-pound championship. So they're making a new a new championship, and a couple of South Florida guys are going to get into their squared circle and knuckle up for uh, a belt. And that's really cool because that was the last fight that, uh, that Yuli had. And the last time that we talked to David Feldman, it didn't feel like um, – that was going to be next for Yuli. It felt like they were going to come up with something to lead to that, but he did say that Yuli was for sure going to be on their next South Florida card. Now it turns out that that's going to be at Hard Rock Stadium. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what that looks like as far as capacity is concerned. You know, I'm going to guess something like 15,000. Um, but look, Yuli, Yuli can sell. He's, he can sell some venues in this place. I don't know about Hard Rock Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium is a different beast, but. Um, if you do it the right way and you, and you promote those guys the right way down here, I do feel like you can get a lot of people to, uh, to go to that building, go check out, uh, to go check out what it's like. Cause it was fun for the Canelo Alvarez fight. It was, it was a fun venue. They had a, uh, they, we had a really, really good time to go check that out. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, th- I think it's great for you. Yuli's a great story, man. As far as, you know, where he's come from, the age that he's at, and, and getting a moment like that where he gets the three-second knockout. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, I hope that this this turns out to be huge for him because we got a bunch of fights uh, surrounding South Florida guys down here. I feel like what they got to do is, I you know, I haven't uh, spun this in, but you guys know I'm an ideas man. But what they got to do, a three-second knockout for him, obviously Masvidal famous for the three for the five-second knockout. You get a couple of Miami guys. You got to do something with a marketing poster that's like three seconds with a fist for like the O and then the five for the Mosfidal knockout. They got to have some kind of poster like that. Uh, they got the same management team. Put those T-shirts together. You know, make that a thing. They'll sell like hotcakes, I tell you. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be covering that. We'll definitely be uh, keeping you posted on Bare Knuckle FC coming down to South Florida and seeing what they got to offer there because it, it sounds like an awesome one. And uh, really, really glad that uh, locally we're going to get that event down here and that it's going to be surrounding a couple of local guys. So really, really cool. Coming up next week, uh, we have UFC on ESPN, Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. Mentioned this a little bit last uh, last segment. And it's a really good fight between both of these guys. Robert's an interesting case because he could really put himself in, in I think, uh, the prime spot to win the title. I think Kelvin can too. You know, Kelvin probably needs a, a little bit more because he's, uh, he's, you know, doesn't have the cleanest record over his, uh, his, his recent fights, but he's also been taking on the likes of Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Israel Adesanya, 
it's a tough route. It's a tough. It's a that's a that's a tough strength of schedule for Kelvin Gastelum. So, uh, getting a win over the number one guy certainly, I think, would put him in the argument. Um, it could be something like this. Like if he gets that win, maybe he goes and fights Marvin Vittori, and then the winner of that takes on Israel Adesanya. We'll see. But I think that it goes. Whitaker gets it. He's in. If Kelvin gets the win, probably needs one more to 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 be in in to get the uh, to get the absolute golden ticket to the title shot. That's the way I would probably see it playing out. Uh, a couple other things. So you had the Bellator two fifty six. You had their uh, their fight going on between Ryan Bader and Leota Machida. Ryan Bader did business there. He had a uh, a lopsided win over Leota Machida. He advances in the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix uh, as the standing uh, as as he looks to uh, reclaim his belt. The uh, the former double champ of Bellator. So good for Ryan Bader. Liz Carmouche got a win over Vanessa Porto. Kat Zingano, she had a submission bar win, uh, submission armbar win over Olivia Parker. Um, Adam Borks beat Jamie Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy. So that's a look at what went down at uh, Bellator on Friday night. Also had some news, Aljamain Sterling. He said that he is going to be out for a few months because of a neck procedure. Says that he's going to heal in three months. Uh, so, you know, that's not too bad. I mean, you know, I saw that P- Piotr Jan was asking for him to be stripped. Three months, you know, six months for a champion to be out. And I know, I know what the circumstances of Aljamain Sterling being the champion are, but it's not that much. Uh, you know, we're talking about Aljamain Sterling being able to fight by November. I mean, that's totally fine for him and, and Jan. And, and let Jan talk all the trash that his manager is talking for him on uh, on Twitter and say that he has to be stripped and all that stuff. So I think that's great. If he wants to fight in the meanwhile, I mean, it's not like he can't. He could go fight a, a Corey Sandhagen. It's not like anyone's going to stop Jan if he feels like he absolutely has to get some kind of action in. Um, but you know, an injury is an injury. What are you going to do? I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like it's worthy of Aljamain Sterling getting stripped of a belt that he, you know, definitely got handed because of a, a but it's Pierre Jan's fault that it's in there in the first place like it's hard for me to give any sympathy to Pierre Jan asking Ooh, where's my title shot where's my yeah you shouldn't need him in the head I don't know what to tell you man speaking of which I you know Mighty Mouse this past week losing on one FC he lost uh he lost to uh what was buddy's name who trains down here he lost to Adriana Marias who trains down here at American Top Team and Ended up blistering him with a vicious, vicious KO. And Eddie Alvarez got got a DQ'd in his fight. I didn't really understand what the hell went there, but there's some weird stuff. You can you can't hit on the side of the head, but you can knee a down opponent. The one's got some weird rules, man. I caught the highlights of that. I didn't even know that it was going on on a Wednesday night, to be honest with you. But uh some weird stuff happening there. We also have coming up next week, we have Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, which I'm sure is going to get a ton of coverage. Shout out to our guy, by the way, uh, Peter Kahn. I'm sure he's got a busy week coming up promoting that uh, for Triller Fight Club. But um, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to watch. I, you know, I definitely uh, listen. I've had Jake Paul on the show, uh, on the morning show. We had Jake Paul on. I think I ran some of that back for you guys on this show, and. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I am. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. 
I, you know, I don't have any, uh, I, you know, I, I go back and forth with what I'm going to pick for this officially, because I know that Jake has been training with some guys down here and he's been training hard. And I know that Ben Askren is not good at, at boxing. I still am. I, I still feel silly taking a YouTuber over him. So I'm going to go with Ben Askren to win the fight just cause, but I can tell you, I've never been less invested in a pick nor really cared what the results are. I really kind of hope that Jake Paul wins to a degree because I want to see where does this go to where Jake Paul bites off more than he can chew. And it's not like I'm rooting for Jake Paul to lose. I'm just not, I'm like, first of all, I'm not a huge Ben Askren fan. Let's start there. I'm not like this guy who's like, oh, you know, Ben's going to do it for mixed martial arts. I don't care. Uh, it's not like I, I said this this past week to Leroy. I'm like, if you were to have, if this was like in basketball, you know where you can go and pick the guy who shoots the free throw for you because somebody gets hurt. If the boxing realm could pick a mixed martial artist, they would want to have fight a guy in boxing the guy they would pick is Ben Askren because he is the worst striker anybody's ever seen. So they got their guy. They got the right guy for this job. Um, But I'm leaning on the competition that Ben has faced, the training he's been around, and I'm going to go with him to win. But I feel not great about it. Not great about it. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Aaron Aponte, he is the alien king. He fights out of Hialeah, Florida, and he is our next guest coming up here on the program as he is getting set to fight on the Demetrius Andrade card at the Guitar Hotel, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. He is getting set to fight on April 17th, that same weekend. So we will get to talk to Aaron about what his journey has been like as a professional boxer. The last time we talked to him, he was shooting for the Olympics. COVID ruined that, so now he's getting paid to fight. We'll talk to him next. Very excited to talk to our next guest, one of South Florida's zone out of Hialeah, Florida, the Alien King, Aaron Aponte, joining us here on the program. Aaron, it's good to talk to you again, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to be here. You know, I'm excited to talk to you and, you know, talk about my upcoming events. Yeah, we'll get to your upcoming events in uh, in just a bit and uh, was at your last fight as well. But um, you know, the last time we spoke, it was uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe a little over a year ago, actually. And you were, you were talking about, you know, you had Olympic dreams. You were, you were thinking about going to Tokyo, the whole world flipped on its head just months later and everything changed. So uh, can you take me through all that, man? Like you went through a, a situation where you were dreaming about going to the Olympics. You had the banner up in your gym, you have a goal in mind and then life throws a curveball. Was there, you know, how you know, how did you take all that? When did you decide hey, I got to divert the road and, and become a pro? Um it was it was tough because you know, it's a dream we've been working for for a very long time, you know, since I was 9 years old. And you know, it's always been a dream to go to the Olympics and when COVID came and you know, made all that stuff happen and you know, we all got, you know, we had to wait an extra two two years. We, me and my team decided it would be better if we turned professional and, you know, further our career than to just, 
sit down and wait for something to happen. Was that, was that a hard decision for you? Like, did you think about maybe waiting it out and, and doing, you know, elongating your amateur career at all and seeing when the, the next games would open up? Like, was it, was it tough for you to go away from that? Or did you find to say, okay, I'm ready to hop into the new challenge? Honestly, I was just ready to, to turn professional. You know, I, I, at the time I was, I was already getting tired of, of being in the amateurs and, you know, traveling and not getting paid and, you know, we're, once you're at the top level, you're, you're fighting the top guys all the time. So you might as well get paid for it. If we're fighting the, we're, we're literally having the best competition between us might as well get paid for it. So, you know, it wasn't too much of a tough decision. So then you, you decide to, uh, you decide to go pro, uh, you're about to embark on your third, uh, career professional fight. How did you, uh, how did you and your family, cause I know you guys are very tight knit. How did you go about the journey of turning professional? What was that process like? Um, at first it was tough just trying to find a fight, you know, to, to, to find an event because all, everything was closed at the time. But finally in October, I think we turned professional in, in July, like with all the paperwork, but my pro debut, I had it in October 16th on Telemundo. And it was a great, a great event. I knocked them out and I think it was 50 something seconds. So in the first round. So, you know, the whole process has been good for me so far. You know, we've been slowly climbing up, getting our, our name out there. And, you know, it's just been a great overall experience. Well, your first fight uh, locally after after you got your first professional win, you had a really really cool experience where you got to be on the Canelo Alvarez card, which was really cool because, you know, I am always telling people about the talent that is down here in South Florida. You are among that, and it's been nice to see one of the good things that has come out of this crazy pandemic year has been Miami has gotten a new spotlight. For boxing and so canelo alvarez decided to do uh his fight down here and you were on the card and that was re- that had to be unbelievably cool like to to walk out uh and and be in hard rock stadium that place does you know they haven't ho- ho- you know hosted big fights and you had the opportunity to be on that card a hometown kid your family's there that had to blow your mind man because there there are people down here who probably never thought growing up fighting, I'm going to have the experience to fight in my hometown on that kind of a stage, especially as early and as young as you are. That had to be unbelievably cool. Tell me about it. Oh my God. That was, that was a dream come true. Every time I've driven, driven past the, the Dolphin stadium and I, and I looked at it, I'm, I used to always tell my mom, mom, one day I'm going to fight in that stadium. And look at me, the second, the second professional fight and we're already achieving one of my dreams to to fight in the in the hard in the hard rock stadium and it was just amazing to to walk out and look around and hear everybody cheering my name and it was like it was out of this world to be honest yeah i bet it was it was kind of tough for me because i was in uh my buddy and I, my co-host we went to the fights and they sat us in the press area so we were like in the sealed off bubble like we weren't in the ringside we were like local media night of, so they like stuck us in the press box. So it was, I, I could hear cheers for you, but it was, it was a little bit muffled. Like, 
did yeah. it feel like like how many people came to support you for that because i was in a kind of a tough spot to gauge it but i knew people i could hear people cheering for you but i don't think i got the the fair scope of it based on where i was and because i was in a sealed off room inside yeah we sold at least around the 600 tickets so just 600 people just came to see me that's cool and then all the extra fans that were there at the time were also cheering for me, you know, because I'm the local star and, you know, up and coming fighter. So they were cheering for me, too. So, you know, could have been anywhere from 600 to 1,000 people cheering for me. So it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I could I could hear them all. That's awesome, man. So your next fight's coming up on April 17th. You're again fighting on DAZN, which is, a, which is also a really cool thing for you. People are getting a, a chance to you know, get some eyeballs on you. And, and that's a, that's an awesome thing with the streaming is that they show the full card. So, you know, we're getting a scope of young prospects like yourself. Um, was it, uh, what went into the process of having this fight at the hard rock on the Demetrius Andrade card and, and, uh, getting going at the hard rock. What you, what do you mean? What went through the process? Just like, you know, how did you guys land on this fight? Like, was it a talk? Was it a bunch of talks? Like it was, it was it a, uh, were there different dates to talk about? Like what, or did it seem like it made sense? Local fight again. You wanted to fight somewhere that's uh that's hometown. Like, how did you land on the date? Like what went into it all? Oh, I got you. I got you. Um, honestly, we, we didn't even think we we're going to fight in April. We thought we were going to fight in June and this day came out of nowhere. So it was like, hey, you're fighting April 17th. It was like, okay, that's a month away. And now we had to we had to have like a speed camp. And you know, we got ready. We're ready right now. I'm I'm probably in the best shape of my of my life right now. Like even better shape than the 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 fight before. And you know, it was just a crazy like, hey, you're fighting here and I was like, wow, in the, in the Hard Rock Casino too. And it was it was pretty cool to 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 fight in another big card in Miami, or you know the Miami area. And you know it's just a blessing to. I really got to take my hat off to to my manager Peter Khan. Well, listen, he's a smart man, and there's a reason uh you know his name is sparking up in the game, and uh, uh, even more than it already has been. Uh, you know, Pat, uh, Peter's a savvy guy, and that's a smart thing to have you be fighting locally, but also be on uh, a stage where you're going to get exposed to the world. I mean, that's, that's, that's uh, a really cool thing. Our fan, I don't think our fans allowed to come to this one, or is this one like where the, they got the bubble closed off. Like, are, are you, are, is your, are your fans locally? Are they able to watch you live or are they going to have to have watch parties on the zone for it? I don't, I don't think they're selling tickets. I think the, the hotel and the casino are giving complimentary tickets got away it. to certain people. So like yeah, I've so, I've seen those like they're little VIP events that if you're there, like VIP event yeah, I think it's gonna be a VIP event. That's cool. Well, listen, tell everybody down Hylia, let's get it together. We get the we get the big screen going, and uh, yeah. and they and they come and watch you and and get it and get it going. It's a hell of a card anyway. You got Andre on the card as well, so uh, it's not like people wouldn't have a fun fight night together watching uh, watching you in action. That's pretty awesome, especially watching a, a hometown hometown fighter. It's all like, do you, um, do you like the fact that you've been staying in, in your hometown for the last couple? Like has, do you think that just makes things uh, easier, more set? You kind of just get to go to the office. Okay. Is there part of you that wants to yeah. go uh, and travel a little bit? Like, do you want to see part of the world? Cause I talk to, you know, fighters when they're up and coming in Aaron, sometimes they got to go to different countries to go get fights. Yeah. They got to do, are you like, are you looking forward to some of that journey or are you liking that 
you're going to get a chance to to get three fights under your belt and you've gotten to do most of it just in your in your state and in your hometown yeah honestly i love fighting in miami if, if we could fight in miami every fight I, I would do it but you know i also want to fight in you know different countries that would be cool like like um great britain or australia or you know something like that or maybe even vegas or new york you know in the barclay center and stuff like that so you know i like fighting in miami i love fighting miami i trust me i don't mind i could fight here all the time but i could i could travel to other you know just to just to see all the other places and see how the fans are over there well, and, you I, know i think that's part of the i think that's the fun of the job like it's not it's not just yeah. that you want boxing to take you to other places i mean that's uh that's that's right. only natural and especially uh it's such a universal thing. Everybody loves it all around the world. Of course, you'd want to see other parts of the, the world. But it is still cool that uh, it's an awesome story that, that you've been able to to get these under your belt right in right in your town, man. Because, um, you know, it's look, such an early stage in my career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and you know, it's it's also great in a way that I think probably the pandemic has led to a lot of fights being down here. So that has opened up the opportunity to have a hometown kid like you uh, get to shine on such a big stage because I don't know if DAZN would have thought, hey, let's do so. Let's do a ton of fights down in Miami. So that, in a way, it, it, it has worked out good for you and, and will get you, uh, I think, a lot of shine, which, you know, a lot of people need to know the, the Alien King's name. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, I think it'll be very good for your future for sure, man. Um, what, I guess, from, from your experience... Uh, in these first few pro fights or these first couple of pro fights, is there a profound difference to you between this and the amateur ranks? Like no headgear, everything opened up to you going. Is there a more um, desire for you to go to the knockout? Like is, what, what have you noticed, I guess, in the change of style now that you have turned pro? Yeah, you you definitely want to f- – you, you feel the need to entertain the people, whereas – in the amateurs, you don't really care what what the people think because there's barely anybody watching. You know, just your corner and some of the the fighters that came to fight also are cheering on. So, you know, I feel like in the pros, you you feel like a more obligation to entertain the people and look for the knockout. Whereas the amateurs, you would be boxing and you know be working on not getting hit at all. So I feel like in the pros. It's more you're standing, you're 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 planning your feet to throw harder punches, and you also got to focus on defense because the, there's no more headgear and the the gloves are much lighter, you know they're two ounces lighter than than they were in the, in the amateurs. So, you know it's it's real, it's different, but it's not as different as you would think. You know you still have to fight the way you fight, you know your style, just planning your feet and looking for more power shots was uh how many how much did you watch your last fight like did you do a lot of reviewing of it and then if so like what have you uh what have you wanted to get better at since watching it what did you think you really needed to sharpen up um i definitely could have could work on the comeback you know i would i would hit him and then he would fall into the ropes and then i would kind of let him like recover so i would uh i would have changed I would have came back. So I would have, you know, when he fell on the ropes, attack more, you know, be more aggressive is, is, is my, my criticism for, for the last fight, being more aggressive. And cause I was, I was more focusing on boxing, you know, the kid was good, 
you know, he had a decent record, six and one. And, you know, I was staying too safe. I feel like I could have took taken more chances and, you know, gone for the knockout. Is uh, it, it, That's also got to be such a tough thing, too, because when you're just upcoming in your career, you're doing like four round fights and there's got to be that happy meeting between I want to get this guy out of here, but you also want to work on stuff, too. Like, there's, uh, you know, you only get so many times to uh to get in the ring a year so is there is there a tough balance of that of uh and you noticed in your first couple of fights of wanting to get experience but also wanting to look damn good and intimidating and make a name for yourself like is there is there a tough balance there yeah you kind of want to like it feels like you're rushing you're trying to rush yourself into into you know look for the knockout be impressive instead of just being yourself and boxing and just, you know, moving around, touch and not get hit, which is really the name of the game. Don't get hit and hit, hit the other guy. You know, you want to hit him and not let him hit you as much as you can. And I feel like pro boxing, you, it's more focused on trying to get the knockout and being exciting because that's what you really want. You want to excite the people. You want people to be interested in watching you fight. So you look for the knockout and you do flashy things. So, so people are interested in, in, in watching you. Is uh, your gym there? You guys are pretty uh, close knit group down there at KO Fitness and Hialeah. Uh, what big things are coming up for you guys down there? Is there any, anybody uh, else who's coming up uh, in the near future that you're excited to, to see any of your teammates that uh, are getting some work in that we should know about? Yeah, definitely. You should definitely keep an eye out for Luis Melendez. Harold called Calderon, and who else got a fight coming up? Those those two have fights coming up. Harold Calderon and Luis Melendez. So keep an eye out for them, both coming out of Miami. Uh, any uh, any words, man, for your town before we get you out of here? Uh, your fight's coming up on April seventeenth. Demetrius Andre card on the zone. You guys subscribe to the zone. You guys can see Aaron Aponte as he is looking to go to 3-0 and in his professional career. Do you got any final words for the 305-954-561, the whole crew down here in South Florida? Yeah, definitely. First of all, I just want to thank my team and my manager for making all this happen, and let's go Heat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's go Heat, for sure. Um, what else? You know, if, if, you, if you're from Miami and you, you, you love Miami, I'm all about Miami. You know, I'm bringing Miami on my back to, to the top of the world. You know, I'm going to be world champion one day, and the Miami's going to be in the name. Yeah, your boy Duncan Robinson's heating up. He's getting it going now, yeah. huh? He's got the stroke yeah. right. All these trade rumors are behind him. Now he's got it going. <laughs> I'm happy to see that. Yeah, I was so glad they didn't trade him. I, I really didn't want them to trade him. How is uh, how's his hands? I know he's been in the gym a couple of times. Has dunks, has dunks on the bag on the in, in, in the ring? He's pretty nice. Don't lie, he's pretty nice. Yeah, but out of all of them, out of all of them who came to the gym, James Johnson was the nicest. They, uh, yeah, well, they say JJ's got that that martial arts background. Yeah, yeah, he's got so that. He, he's nicest with the hands. That's uh, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Well, listen, good luck to you. Uh, it's 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 great to see you get this opportunity uh, to fight in your town, to see you on a, on a, on a platform like DAZN. Really, really cool watching the journey, and uh, we'll definitely be continuing to do that uh, throughout your career, man. So. Uh, congratulations on the early success and we can't wait for April 17th. Thank you. Thanks again to Aaron for joining the program. Check him out uh, next week on the zone. You guys can see one of South Florida's own 
uh, as he continues his, his, his boxing career. Really, really excited to see what he's got on the table. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Obviously, we'll recap Aaron's fight coming up next week. We've got a lot of stuff to recap coming up next week between UFC, the uh, the zone card that's going on down here, plus we got ourselves the Jake Paul Ben Askren card. Tons of stuff that's going to be happening. Tons of stuff to recap. So hope you'll tune it in here. You missed any of the show. Download the Odyssey app today, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and subscribe to Tobin's Fight Show there. You can get the podcast and all of our episodes and interviews that we got there. It's all there for you. We'll talk to you next time.